My name is Kim. I'm still the host of People Are Wild, but it's my summer series is what I've been calling it, where I'm just going to do things that are a little bit more lighthearted, maybe not so medical, because sometimes that just takes too much time for me to research it. And during the summer, I like to be outside. So I will be bringing that back, but we're just going to have fun. We're going to have some fun. I mean, I still think this will still come out as people are wild. Yeah, I mean, you are... Because I'm here. And I'm here to Beverly Waters, because I've never introduced myself. I was going to say, who are you? This is a live and in-person thing going on right now, where I just convinced my friend to (laughs) just sit down and have some tea. And then I just put a microphone in front of us and was like, also, this is happening. And she said, okay, let's roll with it. Yeah, I don't actually have a job or credibility or a profession in any way. So if anybody's that's looking for someone to work for them, I'm currently looking for a job. No. Okay. So that's lies. We're going to go back in time and a flashback. It's like it blurs into that. We're going to talk today just about life and things. And we're going to ask each other questions from this book that I have that says, how far will you go? So who knows what that's going to be about? People are wild, so people it can are go wild. real far. But Kirsten does actually have a lot of credibility. She says she doesn't, but give us all a little bit of background about what you do and, and how you're going to change the world, because you are. Oh, man. Well, it started on a dark and stormy night when my parents were young and loved. No, we won't go that far back. Um, so I, I am in the fitness and wellness world, mm-hmm. the crazy and wild. You want to talk people are wild? That's a whole different thing. We can talk fitness is wild. People are wild in fitness and people will do crazy things in fitness for wild things for their body. But I have been in the fitness and wellness industry 15 years. I started out as an intern in an MMA gym. What? I never knew that. Yeah, I started out as an MMA gym. I was the only female coach and uh, I was let go because I was a female. (laughs) So, she does not work there currently. That sucked a lot. But uh, if you want to be the next cyborg or Gina Carano, right? I will train you just to eliminate this gym. There you go. That's what it is. Finish them. Um, so that actually leads into my life story where I take on Ronda Rousey. No, it never <laughs> happened. It um, could if you become a re- into wrestling. She's doing wrestling now. I don't want to die. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Because, speaking of that, I overcame death. <laughs> this is a great segue. Right? This is, I can't, overcame, not. This is all ad-lib tonight. Not, not in a Jesus kind of way. I wasn't resurrected, although it did feel like that. I had cancer. So, in the fitness and wellness world, um, that actually came to be because of cancer. Um, so, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was finishing college. And it was only, only found it because I was working for the American Cancer Society. So, it was really crazy how that came to be. Um, yeah, I was doing, I was at a conference on self breast exams and I said, Hmm, I think I must be doing this wrong. Cause it feels like I have a golf ball in my breast. <laughs> the oncologist working the conference told me I had a better chance at winning the lottery twice in the same week than that happening. So I should have bought a lottery ticket because it was definitely cancer. So through that experience, I went to a real dark place and got very, very close, too close to Jesus. I tell people, if you see the light, don't go towards it. Just creep in real quick. (laughs) Ask a question about the lottery numbers and then come on back. Yeah, I just asked him how he kept his, you know, wardrobe so white all the time. Yeah. Because he was in the desert and the dirt. So it just... I would ask what conditioner. Yes. How did he keep that hair? Very, very... 
very voluminous. Yeah. Is that a word? It, maybe. I was about to say voluptuous. <laughs> voluptuous. I don't, that's not really what we're going for there. I don't think uh, Jesus was going for a voluptuous look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably not. Um. <laughs> All we've had is kombucha and water. Yes. I just want to preface this. Right. This show is raw and real. And like dry. kombucha. <laughs> it's, it's very dry. It's not... Unlike this tea. Unlike this tea. We are drinking tea right now. What flavor of tea are we drinking? <gasps> Ginger mango. This is our tea time. It's delicious. Tea yeah, time. Tea, tea time, time to you wherever you are, people. Yeah. Get a cup of tea and listen to us. I really hope that your ratings don't go down and people abandon you because of me as your guest today. <laughs> you know, this listenership is amazing and they they love hearing interesting people. I just don't feel very interesting at this moment. But I know that you have some rock star listeners. So yeah. I think they will forgive you for this. <laughs> that, that's her way of saying she listens. So she's just complimenting herself. Oh! <laughs> All right. You caught me a little bit there. Just a little bit. Well, you're kind of a big deal, Kim. So no. that's why I listen. I am not because I am only 5'3". So you are more of a big deal because you're taller than me. <sighs> I look up to all my tall friends. Oh, yeah. And I ask how the air is down there to all of my short friends. It's a lot cooler half the time because hot air rises. Yeah. 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 Tell me. So I am living in comfort. I am not. No. But I can get all the things on the top shelf and that's where I hide all of the delicious items I don't want anybody to find in my house. Squirrel them up. I'm like, I squirrel. I like, hoard it. Like, like they're nuts for winter. Like, is it like. Oh, I wish there was chocolate. Mm, Sorry, there's none. But it's really hidden on the top shelf, which I myself have also also forgotten about some of it. I'll come back. I'm like, wow, that was... You're like, why is this melted? Six six Easter's ago. That's part of a bunny ear. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say you found like an egg because last week, my friend on Facebook posted that she finally found the last egg in their Easter egg hunt. So that was in June... Is Easter like was April real? 1st, and it was like a hard-boiled egg. And she's, she was like, we've been looking for this for a while. Found it. I forgot where it was, but it was not like a bot. I don't even know. But she was just like, Easter egg hunt is finally over. So, it smells so, so quick bad. question. A rotten egg. It's literally a rotten egg. Is this particular podcast sponsored by any pinball machine? Because I feel like we are going back and forth. This is, no, I said this is a summer lighthearted episode. It's my version of everybody does like a sort of like an ask me anything or a Q&A. And if I were to do that, I feel like I would just get tons of pictures of people's genitals being like, is this normal? <laughs> but you know what's funny? I get that too as a fitness teacher. And that could be because most of the time when I teach at events, photographers think that my crotch is probably the best thing to film. And I get a lot of unsolicited inquiries into the wrong things. So so all I'm saying is that this is, I guess, my version of an ask me anything, but also pinch hitting with just having a person next to me who, who is my friend, but also has an incredible journey. I mean, you, you're... What you're, is that journey? Where will it take us? Everything is set to music apparently tonight. It is. It's just a little bit. It no, we, we we have fun together. Yes, it's, it's a good thing. Well, this also might be the last podcast that I record if uh, if we die tomorrow. Oh well, that took a turn. Uh, I just it's told called you how, being realistic. I just told you how I fought going towards the light with cancer, but we're gonna let a race. Which, by the way, the race 
for those of you who don't know, Loon Mountain Race, listed by Runner's World Magazine as one of the hardest, if not the hardest trail race in the country. And we thought we'd do it because why not? Yeah. Um, because why not? That's, you, that's you living live only, life. You only live once. YOLO. No. You got one life to live. That was, is that still a soap opera? I think that's still a soap opera. Like uh, sands through the hourglass. So days of our lives. Days of our and lives. One is. life to live, I think was. Passions is still the best soap opera ever. Oh, I stand by that. No. Don't get out of What my about house. All My Children? All My Children was okay. See, my top three were Passions, General Hospital, and then I actually liked One Tree Hill, even though that's not technically a soap opera, but it had so many storylines in it that it might as well have been a soap opera. One Tree Hill, wasn't that on like the CW? It was on the WB. WB before it got bought by the CW. Yes, right. For everybody who doesn't know, the WB and UPN were networks that existed before podcasts existed. And didn't UPN basically become... BP before podcasts. Didn't UPN just become like BET basically? What? No. What? (laughs) What? It was like the same shows that were on there. Are you saying saying just because Moesha... (laughs) Which I loved. I love me some brandy. Let me tell you. Sitting up in my room. <laughs> I get it. Where's sister, sister fall into that? I got my own mind. <laughs> no, sister, sister, sister. Never knew how much I missed you. Okay, but Buffy was also on UPN. Buffy was on WB. I'm looking it up right now. Google I'm like, that. Google me sometime. She was on the WB. No. I feel like you're incorrect, I'm pretty sure. Burfy? That's not how you spell it. Well, you have to spell it right to find her. Moving to UPN. Wait, Buffy moving to UPN tries to be WB Slayer. Okay. So she was on WB. Okay, so, so on we're the both WB right. and then moved to UPN. <laughs> okay. So I got it backwards, yes. Okay, but okay, that's cool. We're both right. Yeah, but then Angel was on the WB. Yes. Yes. Wow. How far they've come. Do you think they'll ever come? reboot it? Do you think they'll ever reboot Buffy? Buffy was a fantastic show. I hope they don't touch it, but they're rebooting <sighs> everything They now. reboot everything. Like, everything old is new again. If they rebooted Buffy, though, they'd have to... You'd have to bring back Sarah Michelle Gellar. As the mother? (laughs) As something. Because I don't think she's passing as the high school student. (laughs) I mean, you could bring back Buffy, but it'd have to be, like, the new adventures of Buffy. This is is people are wild pop culture. This is all I do. (laughs) And most of the time when I'm writing, I think of so many pop culture references and I have to like dial it down in my brain and be like, no, you have to actually make this flow. So like I said, this is going to be a lot more like, I'm loving it in terms of I don't have to really dial it down. (laughs) This is just who I am. We just know that Buffy moved from the WB to the UPN. Yes. Yes. Which okay. I feel much better about now. So we're going to do this Ask Me Anything, but we're going to shake it up by actually just using questions from this book. Yeah, so this stays more organized. Yes. And we're just going to go back and forth and jump in. We're, we're going to do this by just randomly flipping. How about All right. That? You want me to tell you when to stop? Like no, start... I'm just going to do oh, it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't need to. T- you don't need to tell me anything. I'm a strong, independent woman sometimes. This book, by the way, if you want to get it, is by Evelyn McFarlane and James Saywell. Saywell? S-A-Y-W-E-L-L. And it's called How Far Will You Go? They have all, like, if books. Is this the Moana? (laughs) What? Do you see Moana? No. That's the song, How Far You Go. (laughs) Oh, that's a song? I've been staring at the edge of the wall. 
to... I didn't realize I had a soundtrack to this episode. Yeah, we this might week. have to get the Disney rights to that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they'll I be like, we don't sang, want it. I probably sang too much, and now you have to pay like more. <laughs> okay, so Kirsten, what is the most beautiful sound you've ever heard? Most beautiful sound I've ever heard. You know what? This one is going to sound probably creepy. Um, the most beautiful sound that I heard was when I, after like lying in bed while having cancer, was able to take my, my first full breath knowing it didn't have cancer. So that was the most beautiful sound was like taking that full breath in and knowing that I was free of that. It just, you know, you had that moment where like the, the heavens part, the angels trump. No, none of that happened. But I just, I, you know, it's a sound that you, you don't forget when you feel like you got your life back. So for that, I feel very grateful. What about you? The most beautiful sound I've ever heard? Aside from my voice. <laughs> no, your singing voice is amazing. Oh my gosh, I feel so blessed to be in your, hashtag blessed, to be in your presence. Don't show me the question that you were going to ask me. I'm trying to answer the question. I want to see what tab is open. Uh, the tab that's open right now is the thong song, which is always is open. I don't know why. It's just the song that's always in my head. That or like Huey, Lew- Huey Lewis in the news is power, power pull up is always populating that. But the most beautiful sound I've ever heard, I hear a lot of sounds, I feel like, because, you know, working in the ER, I hear a lot of alarms and I, you know, I hear a lot of crying and stuff in terms of obviously people getting emotional about life changing things happening to themselves or their loved ones. But on the same vein of that, I think I, the most beautiful sound I, I hear and it, and it makes me feel like, yes, is, um, whenever we're able to get somebody back and we have somebody who says we got a pulse like whenever i hear something to that effect when we're doing a code that always 100 percent like gets me and i know everybody around me to be like all right you know we got them back here we go let's go and, and stabilize them further but when you hear that first per- that first i got a either somebody saying i can feel a pulse or you know he's moving something like that and everybody stops everybody just kind of is like okay you know it's kind of like what you were saying, where you can kind of like breathe in that code that you're doing everything by the book and it worked. So that's probably the most beautiful sound ever is when somebody says something along the lines of, you know, we got them back. That's pretty awesome. I don't really, I mean, people always say, oh, you save lives for a living. And honestly, I mean, I don't do codes all day, every day. Not really. I'm, I mean, I see a lot of stuff every day, but I would say that 80% of it is not necessarily like what you see on Scrubs or Grey's Anatomy or ER, like these big sweeping things, these big, huge events. But for the 20% that are and you work hard on those people and you connect with those families and you're by that bedside whenever you hear something along those lines, it really is kind of gives you that perspective and makes you realize like, yeah, there are some days where you actually do save a life. And it's very humbling to be able to be part of that. All right. Are you ready for this to take a different turn in a question let's do it all right when and where have you felt most uncomfortable being nude (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm like a part-time nudist though that's fine you had to have some point where you're most uncomfortable the most uncomfortable wait like most uncomfortable i've been yeah when when and where have you felt most uncomfortable being nude I would say, I mean, I guess I would say that, like, in high school, I can distinctly remember freshman year having to do PE, Mm -hmm. and I went to an all-girls high school, so 
it was so awkward, I think, to be like going through puberty and being like, is my body different from somebody else's and comparing yourself to this and that. So I definitely remember, and I still kind of do this, even in the gym and stuff, I'll go into like a shower stall with all of my stuff with me. Like Mm. I'm just not that comfortable with taking off everything. Now I will take off like shirt and you know my pants and maybe strip down to like my underwear and like a sports bra or whatever and then go into a stall and stuff. But I don't think like I those women that can walk around like totally like, hey, what's up? At the local gym. At the local gym. And they're always one leg up on a bench. (laughs) Well, they're like, they're somewhat awe-inspiring with their confidence, but at the same time, they linger a little bit too much. Like they want to start talking to you about like breaking down war and peace. And you're just like, I just don't want to look up right now. I just don't know what's above me. I don't want to put my hand anywhere. I'm just going to look at my phone and kind of be rude and just be like, "Mm mm-hmm, sure, yep. Anything to get me out of this conversation where this person's totally butt naked and I am not. And I mean, people have asked me like, oh, how's, how's, you know, work going? Especially when you know people a little bit, you have the same routines. I remember in college, I used to work out at this one gym and this lady and I uh, had spin class together. And so, you know, I would go into the stall with all my clothes and I would take a shower and then I would usually change into at least a sports bra and then, you know, I could do everything underneath the towel. And she would just be like walking around. I don't think she believed in towels. And she would ask me, you know, how's school going? Or any of your classes like giving you difficulties? Ma'am, this is not the time to talk about why I'm stressing out about pharmacology when you are ass naked right in front of me. Like that's that I I respect that you can do that, but I was just like, uh, how many ceiling tiles are in this gym? I'm going to find out right now. <laughs> how many floor tiles are in this gym? I'm gonna find out right now. So I I think I just always am just a little bit more reserved because, you know, I have my own body issues. And so I'm, I always like to say that at home, do whatever, I do whatever. But usually in the gym, that's when I'm most uncomfortable. Or if I have to change or something around people, I'll go like really fast. Oh. Okay, back to you. Well, I would say I have two. Okay. So the first was when I was probably like five or six years old. Okay, we're going way back here. We're going deep. And this is going to make you laugh. So hold on. Okay, I won't drink my tea. I won't drink my tea. Take the liquid away from your mouth right now. Especially if it's hot liquid. Yeah, especially if it's hot because I don't want you to choke. It was when I heard the Santa Claus song. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake, right? Okay, so I was thinking Santa sees everything. Even when I get in the shower, it freaked me out where I just wanted to wear a swimsuit all the time. I didn't want to go into the shower because I thought Santa could see me, which makes Santa sound like a total creeper. Um, By the way, (laughs) he might be on a watch list. He might be on a watch list. So that was the first one. The second one would be when I was at an event teaching and I was in the shower and I came out with just the towel and I had a attendees say how much they loved my yoga class and how life-changing it was and I'm like I'm super naked right now if we could just maybe get a sports bra and underwear between me and you so that we can continue this conversation (laughs) this like I was flattered that they wanted to like tell me how much they loved my class but I was also like I am naked and just came out of the shower can I get can I get a quick three minutes (laughs) you know what though (laughs) I was just thinking about that. I'm surprised nobody got naked when we went and did the sweat lodge. It's true. 
was like just waiting for somebody to be like, I can't. And you just, know what though? It wouldn't have made a difference. That's why. Because you were already <laughs> just, just dying. Dread. You were dying. Okay. Imagine you felt like you had peed your pants. So I mean, you're like, so, did I? I so don't even know. Kirsten and I went and did a sweat lodge mm. a few weeks, uh, maybe a month or so ago actually yeah. now at this point. It, it feels like a few weeks. I know. Um, just yesterday. <laughs> that we were in Mexico in a sweat lodge. It was very hot. Whew. And I teach hot yoga. <laughs> and there was, uh, oh my gosh, that first part. So it was broken up into four parts. And that first part, that first part's going to be like tomorrow where I thought I was going to die. Yeah. And turns out I didn't. So I'll probably be okay for tomorrow. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of swaying, a lot of I'm going down for real kind of <laughs> going on. I'm like, we could do it. And actually, you know what? There wasn't enough yoga training in the world to calm my mind because the only thing going through my mind was like, Oh crap, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Yeah. I'm gonna die. No, I'm dying. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm like, this is soothing. As long as you keep it in a nice rhythm, like, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna die. die. I'm gonna die. Out. I'm gonna die. Breathe in the I'm, I'm gonna, gonna die. die. Breathe out exactly. the I'm gonna die. Right. No, on the inhale, I'm a. Then on the exhale, <laughs> gonna die. Inhale, I'm a. Exhale, gonna die. It was so intense. And then after the first one, we were okay. Yeah. But. But I actually, I was impressed that none of us were like, oh, I'll take it all off. Right, right. Although, but a lot of us were in bathing suits and sports bra and shorts. So. It would have been it would have been the hardest workout of your life to try and take those clothes off in that sweat lodge. Oh, yeah. It's kind you would have like, hit somebody. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know how, oh, it just always molds to your body when you have like sweat or you've got like your sports bra wet and you're just trying to get it off and right. you're like suddenly... You have to turn into a contortionist and be like, oh, let me put this back over here. That's why I do the ragdoll pull. So that's where you stand and bend over, bend your knees, take your arms, cross them across your body like you're giving yourself a big hug, and pull that sports bra overhead. Use gravity. So it is the ragdoll pullover. (laughs) See, I always ask people, I say, well, I can ask the listeners, how do you pull off your sports? Like, how do you pull off your bra? Not your... It would be more your sports bra, because your bra uh, is And let's, let's clarify, how do you singularly, not with a partner yeah, helping like, you... Don't. The partner assist, we know how that works. Right, okay. exactly. <laughs> like, we all went to high school. Um, <laughs> but I always say, is it kind of like a Girls Gone Wild thing, where you kind of like, woo, you know, cross the arms. <laughs> girls you Gone go, Wild. And you go up and over the head. Or is it kind of like when you're getting out, like into a shirt, you do one arm at a time? Oh, never one arm at a time. I don't no, not That's, to get them off. I mean, like to get then them, I'd be like walking like this. You like, got oh kind of. You, you have to like. You guys can't see us, but it's you, you have to like knock on the door of somebody and be like, "I'm stuck in my sports right. bra." Right, like Can you one help me? boob out. <laughs> <laughs> You're one boob out. Like, that's where you don't have any nude problems because you're just like, I just want out of this. I just need this bra off. I don't care that you can see my one boob. Just help me get out of this thing. <laughs> or if you've shown... Or just like tuck you, it back in. Someone like me who's had to show people her boobs as much as I had to. She had breast cancer. For, for surgical reasons. Yes. You start to just like, whatever, here they go. Not to mention my are so small, most of the time they're looking for them. They're trying really hard. You know, that's one of the things Kirsten and I have in common is that we both have lies in on our chest, especially with bras. Um, the water bra is great. Anyways, it's Shut a up. chest plate. <laughs> it's a chest plate. Right. It's like if I go into battle, I don't necessarily need additional armor. I know. I already got a chest plate. No, I don't. I don't need that. But I'm not. I mean, I'm not voluptuous. Okay, let's see. That was, <laughs> that was an intense gulp. You were like, it was. I'm go. really scared for this next question. <laughs> 
Okay, well then, (laughs) who is the scariest person you've ever known? This week? (laughs) A lot of scary people out there. Um, Scariest person I've ever known. Wow, without incriminating. (laughs) You can use an alias. No one will know. Oh, they will. (laughs) They will know. Are you going to be like, listen to this show, I talk shit about you. (laughs) Make sure you check into this. I have a message for you. Um, did I change your name? No, because I want everyone to know. Talking um, about you, Linda. Oh, so scariest person I probably know? My aunt. Really? <laughs> On my dad's side. We haven't talked basically since my father has passed, which was when I was real, real young. Um, she real crazy. Like, she was obsessed with my dad. Like, oh. named her son after my dad because... People thought she was really in love. Like, we aren't from West Virginia, but, like, you know what I'm talking about. Listeners get where I'm going with this. I think they do. Yeah, so she scares the crap out of me. Are there, like, banjos playing in the background right now? Yeah, it also freaks me out that she's, like, uh, I don't know. Like, to to me as a child, she looked like she was seven feet tall, but she was over six foot. Like, As a a child, she looked really tall, but now not so much. Well, her son is, like, seven three. Like, so he is super tall, and she is tall. Everyone on my dad's side, very, very tall. I mean, I'm clearly not short either, but she's... No, terrifying. Like, just thinking about it right now. Goosebumps. Make me shudder. Really? Yeah. Oh, damn. Like, if I saw her today, I would be glad that I'm a runner because I would run fast and I would run long. She is calling out the family. So I hope you're listening because <laughs> you are the only aunt on that side. That was that big gulp. I knew it was coming. How about you? Let's go to you. Okay. Let's talk about scariest people for you. Okay, so the scariest person, my dad can attest to this, that I... That was my hip. Shakira's right, your hands don't lie. <laughs> Let's start this over. Okay, the scariest person, I don't even remember why I was scared of this girl, but in preschool. Whoa, whoa, preschool. <laughs> so I had a girl, I mean, my family is very religious and, you know, I went to Catholic school K through eight. So um, I was raised in a very loving and also religious household and we would say prayers before bed and I guess every night I would always pray that my family was safe that I was safe I don't know why well I mean I don't know why I made that that you know separation but apparently I would always ask keep my family safe keep me safe and then I would list my fears (laughs) <laughs> like, I would be like, and please, God, don't let me have any bugs in my room. I would seriously ask God for that. Then I would ask for no alien abductions because I got so scared. Oh, I was there with you. I read a book when I was younger. My parents were like, are you sure you want to read this book? And it terrified me that I would get abducted by aliens. And so I would pray that there were no bugs in my room, that I would not get abducted by aliens, and that Desiree wouldn't come to my house. So Desiree was apparently this girl in preschool. Shout out to Desiree. (laughs) She was this girl. No, take back that shout out because I'm still afraid of her and I don't know why. Um, Desiree, if you're looking for Kim, I know her location. (laughs) Let's let's have a meetup. Let's not. New meetup group. Desiree is a bully. (laughs) Freaks people out in preschool. Uh, Desiree now is a camp counselor. Desiree's probably a lovely she herds kittens. She's probably a lovely young-ish woman. At the time, though, she apparently to me was akin to El Diablo. I I would prioritize her over the devil. I would ask that, you know, 
Desiree not come, and I think the devil. I would round it out with the devil. So oh, <laughs> dang, double D. Alien abduction, Desiree devil. That's the things I don't want. To an extent, that is still very much true. Oh, we got a new question here. Okay, I'm ready. What's the silliest thing you own? <sighs> silliest. I don't know what you could be angling at. I don't either. Oh, I thought you meant the rec suit. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> I own that's not silly though. That a is a T Rex suit that's an inflatable suit that I chronicle on Instagram. Rexy. Rexy lives. Hashtag Rexy lives if you want to see me in that Rexy suit. I don't think it's the silliest thing I own, but one time when we were in Louisiana, I put the suit on and I took pictures next to Gators and I remember that photo. And this lady came up to me and my friend who was helping take pictures and was like, so what's this all about? And he turned to her and said, it's just something we like to do. I mean, not really about anything. It's just fun. Everybody else was having a good laugh at it. And like everybody else was taking pictures with me, with taking pictures with the gator. And the lady was like, I just don't get it. And she just left. And we're like, okay, who spit in your Cheerios? And... It was, I, I didn't think it was silly to have an inflatable T-Rex suit, but she kind of made me feel like that. Maybe that was Desiree. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Desiree. But she made me feel like it was silly to have that suit for like five seconds. Then I was like, oh, I'm, if it's if it brings happiness for some somebody, like I'm doing something right. right. But I guess it's not. It's not that silly. But that is probably the more unique thing I own. What about you? I mean, my whole life is silly. So, I mean, anybody could pick anything and be like, well, that's silly. I mean, I have a myofascial hook. It's a hook. A hook? There's a little ball at the end that you use for... People really wonder what that is. So maybe they think that's silly. Um, but it serves a purpose. I guess, I mean, going along the same lines, I have the inflatable turkey suit where it looks like I am yeah. jockeying a turkey. It's really fun, though. And I, I mean, ran a 10K. A little... Ran 10K in it. Yeah. Yeah. It heats um, up like a mofo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my fan almost broke down in that 10K because <laughs> there was so much sweating. We got a fan down. We got a fan down. Right. I was like, oh, no, turkey's deflated. Um, I got a lot of people on that on that race course who were really appreciative of it. We had a lot yeah. of pictures taken with that turkey. I mean, I don't think it's silly to dress up and do stuff like that if you're bringing, oh. if you're bringing humor for a split second of time in a world that's full of a lot of bad things being covered i think you're doing okay Ooh. so speaking of humor and going to the whole theme of people are wild yeah let's would circle you, back because this you, is our show would you like to hear while i worked as a paramedic the wildest story that i experienced yes okay we got called to a home for a cardiac issue right we got there and when you walk in the house there's just like food everywhere it's a pretty messy house not like hoarder style oh, but i was just like is like, it a hoard house no it's not a hoard it doesn't house. smell like the oh it smell. smells it smells for sure okay we there's a in. hoard house by work by the way that i walk by that i'm like oh that smells like urine yeah I'm pretty sure it's well, a hoard house. we got in and this this poor gentleman like just to be clear, I'm not insensitive to this person at all, but he was well over 600 pounds, mm-hmm. right? And his wife, who is also quite heavy, was the one who called about the cardiac issue. And we're like, is there anything that had start, could have started this cardiac issue? Did it, you know, what was the onset? And she's like, no, no, we don't know why. Well, we had to call the fire department. They actually had to like cut out part of the room like to the extract wall? yeah oh that has to, extract to be him. so now this is not the this isn't the wild or like... funny by any means no so i mean that's it just took a, it tragic took, it took a large team to to get him out and that for that it was 
was tragic until we yeah. got to the hospital. That's when things went crazy. Okay. Um. So the nurses and the doctors are asking questions like, is there like what, it, you know, started these arrhythmias and blah, blah, yada, yada. And yada, she's yada, like, yada. she finally admits they were having sex. And that's what started to prompt this. But it wasn't just sex. Is they hide food in each other's skin folds as foreplay. (laughs) And so we have to start helping them find the food at the hospital. (laughs) We found a molded Twinkie. First of all, do you know what the shelf life of a Twinkie is? (laughs) We found a molded Twinkie, a hot dog, part of a pizza... Here's the best part. The remote control. She's like, that explains why the television kept switching on its own. So she she made like a treasure map. On his body. And, she, in there. and he did the same thing for her. And he did the same thing for her. So it was the sexual acts and the foreplay that caused the cardiac issue. But I would just like to go back to the fact that finding the food is their foreplay she is not very good at it because there's so <laughs> there's much. a lot of food there left. There's so much that was missing. And anytime ever, people think I'm making that crap up, it really, no, it like my happen. my partner and I were just floored yeah. by the situation. So it was wild for us to, to see that. That's like, I mean. So circling it back to your actual show. <laughs> no, that reminds me of this one kid who came in who was a, like in a full-blown asthma attack and we found out later that it was while he was having a threesome. He like got way too excited and it just it got him kind of triggered into an asthma attack. And both of the women were like at his bedside on either side. And he just had this little smirk on his face once he was able to breathe again. And it was a whole thing. And I just remember just being like, wow. He... Because he said, because I, I remember I had to ask him a question. I said, why did you wait to come in if it's been, like, going on for a while? And he said, well, I had to finish first. Oh, oh, man. People are wild. <laughs> People are wild. That that story was, like, the most memorable story for me, though. Like, oh, my God. That's crazy. Because it was wild. Roadmap like, of food. Like, there was just food everywhere. The, the molded <laughs> Twinkie really threw me for a tailspin. I'm not going to lie. I was like, that's a Twinkie. It's molded. How long has it been there? I don't even know. Wait, are you saying moldy or, like, molded to the body? Oh, no. Moldy. Like, fungus on the Twinkie. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was part of the smell that, that was happening. Mm-mm. So, again, I just want to reiterate, it is tragic where, where things are at, but it is also probably not helpful that we're... There was some hiding of food and not really good seeking. <laughs> she is. She would not be Harry Potter's choice for the golden snitch seeker. She. She's not a seeker. She's not. Okay. What's the worst crime you have ever committed? Oh, don't listen, police. Crime I committed. Um. Really, like I. I was the kid that at the grocery store picked one of the fake grapes off of the display and was playing with it because it was squishy and walked out of the store, turned herself in in tears saying, I stole this grape. Like, I haven't done anything. I don't have any crimes. Like, sorry, police. Turn the radar back off. Bore fest. I have not. I don't even have any good yeah. stories either. Yeah, there's nothing. Although no. I can tell you one where people would think that it was a crazy situation. It was in cross country and we like to play capture the flag as a team. And this one person on our team's like, hey, our friend's house actually has a great property for us to play capture the flag. We decided, forget the flags. Let's bring 
the life-size candy canes. You know, things they light up at Christmas time. Oh, so, yeah, like the pole. Yeah, the pole. So we dress up in camo, put on dark makeup, and carry things around in the dark that look like crowbars. Oh, no. What could possibly go wrong here? Nothing. So we set up for all this, and it turns out we got the wrong property. So we're hiding on here, and this oh, guy... God, you're on somebody else's property? We've trespassed, and he starts screaming that he's called the police, and that, like, if we're trying to steal something, here we are, we're in tears, we scatter every direction, and... Uh, my sister, my younger sister, who I'm supposed to be protecting, she and I got separated. I'm a great big sister. You're great. I failed. Big failure. And one of the senior guys actually had two freshman girls in his car, got pulled over by the cops for fitting the description as well as speeding. And there are two crying girls in the backseat of his car. So what do you think the police officer thought there? They got taken to the police department and tried to explain that we were playing capture the flag with life-size candy canes. And my sister and I finally reunited, got back home, and my mom's like, how was your night? We're like, real casual. Not a lot <laughs> Don't ask anything more. Nothing more than that. She's like, oh, as long as it didn't involve the police. And then we both looked at each other like, nope. oh, crap. Nope. So, nope. Um, never. So there's my big... My big cry moment. We were playing capture the flag. We found the wrong place to play and just about lost the entire cross country team. It's fine. Cross country. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Ooh, here we go. Oh. What crime from history fascinates you the most? Crime in history. See, this is this is when I'm like, well, there's a lot of heists that happen in history. We could also go like the true crime route, right? What was the? Hang on, I'm gonna like look this up so I don't get it wrong but yeah okay so that whole D.B. Cooper case I don't I just I I, it's creepy well not creepy it's weird yeah. I mean he hijacks a plane and then he steals a parachute and he jumps out and nobody ever finds anything nobody that's that's a pretty interesting scenario yeah like that whole case is fascinating to me we don't even know, you know, this guy's real name, and he just orchestrated this whole thing. I don't know. It's like one of those cases, it's like the Zodiac, where you're like, who is this person? What happened? There's a lot of unresolved things going on. I, I listened to way too much true crime at this point. Well, even before podcasts and everything, I just was always fascinated by a lot of true crime and, like, unsolved mysteries and unsolved cases and cold cases or, you know, things that need a second look or something. That stuff always fascinated me. But D.B. Cooper comes to mind right off the bat. What about you? You can't take my answer. I know. You also said the Zodiac. You know, an interesting person... Would be Jean Benet. Oh, that is an interesting... Like, what's going on there? I don't know. What went on there? I don't know. Um, Colorado is a weird place. Well, then there were the two... Three... Three women who were abducted in Cleveland, Ohio, who who found like they ended up finding like the one guy found them down the street. Crazy that he had like they had been there that that whole time. Oh yeah, that's the that was a few years back, right? Where they found him in the house. Yeah, it's crazy. And like then it, that guy ended up killing himself in jail. There's a lot like there's a lot of interesting He's a piece of shit. Yeah, Ariel Castro. Yeah. That was his name. Well, and then there, um, I mean, so I went to high school where Jeffrey Dahmer went to high school, Ooh. which is why you can no longer do pig dissections because that was apparently where he got his big ideas was in the pig dissection. And actually, like, he, I know through a very reputable source that I cannot share, okay, sadly, who actually is the only person Jeffrey Dahmer wrote letters to yeah. from jail. Wow. 
Yeah. Uh, But there was a lot more to him and like what went on there, which I mean, there has to be to a person who had put bodies in acid and yeah eat part of them because they always wanted to have them as a piece of them which he tried to equate i believe like part of it was he was trying to equate that to like a christ-like like this, oh, this is, is my, my body. body i was like whoa that is a stretch yeah, on that but hey everybody me. takes their own liberal interpretations of anything so did you ever see that movie that came out recently like my friend Dahmer? i did not see that one i wanted to see it because i wanted to then compare the it had the Actors. kid from, like, Teen Beach Party. <laughs> the kid was from Teen Beach Party and Teen Beach Party 2. Well, you know, and then he became, make a And living. then he became Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, that's kind of probably how many things have started. It's like something seems really innocent. I'm not saying things started with Disney and then they become serial, <laughs> serial killer. Although it does seem like Disney goes from creating wholesome people to promiscuous them, people. Yeah, a lot of them end up with... Well, and I mean... We can't always blame blank. Disney because they probably have people who It's just child manage, star. Yeah, child the star I think that has more to do with it is Disney hires the most amount of child stars for like television shows and catapult their lives. Right. And so that's why we would associate. Not a fair association. Though. No, it's right? not really. Right. I don't think so. What's our next question? Oh, next question. This is almost Where fun. would you most hate to be pierced? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know that answer. Thanks. You guys have been lovely. <laughs> That's it. For Clearly my wild. ears. That would be the worst. My ears are not pierced. What? They're not pierced. Look. Oh my gosh. They really are. No. And you know what? I get a little concerned because in my right ear, yeah, there's always like been this little thing that I could feel like this little ball that sometimes grows and then it goes away. So I think it's just like a, a weird cyst or something in there. Yeah. Pretty I'm hoping common. that's what it Pretty is. Pretty common. My sister had that. Yeah. I don't know that my nah. sister had that. Okay. <laughs> my sister, I thought it'd make you feel better. Thank you. This is why you're a good friend. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Yeah. That's uh, the thing. That's if the you, thing. Google it. If my, arm was, thing in your if my arm was cut off, you'd be like, that's totally fine. Like 99% of the population only has one arm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just start surfing. Just walk it off. Walk it off. <laughs> you have both your legs. Yeah. Walking isn't a problem. Push-ups are going to be different. That's all so you're pull-ups. Yeah, but you can do it. Like I said, I don't even have my ears pierced. I don't know why. I don't mind tattoos, but I don't. I can't get on board with piercings. And when I so was, so you're offended by my ears right now. Yes, ears, <laughs> your horrible pierced ears. Get them out of my face. No, when I was in high school, they had this weird epic scavenger hunt thing that they called it, and what. It was a point system, so it was like if you took a picture of yourself doing X, Y, and Z, you got 50 points. If you did X, Y, you got 25. If you only did X, you got 10. Okay. So they kind of escalated into like this weird territory. Like it started off innocent where it was just like take a selfie with you. This was when planking, I guess, was kind of getting big. Planking. It's always been big in the fitness world. Well, that's, oh, there you go. That's right. Who I forgot who I was talking to. Planking. Um, we were doing planking before it became a YouTube sensation. That's just exercise. Not to mention the invisible box jump. Yeah, that's just called skipping people. That's true. <laughs> skipping. Look up that challenge and try and do it. Don't try and do it. It's hard. Sprain your ankle. It's sprained your ankle. But so it it started off with like you know do do planking in a public place and take a picture and it's ten points. Then they had one. I'm, I'm just trying to think of like examples or something where you know you would take a selfie in front of let's say like a Lamborghini and you get twenty points. Then it like they would do these and it caught fire because 
this is when Facebook was kind of taking off too. So they were able to share it within groups, but it was kind of private with who you shared it with. It wasn't like out there for everyone to see. So they ended up doing like epic scavenger hunts part two, three, and four, and it all culminated to this last one. And for like 500 points, you had to, and this is how stupid I guess we are in high school. For 500 points, you had to get something pierced. For a thousand points, it had to be like your genitalia. So I did not play this game, I just want to say. There's a whole movie that is actually... Nerve? Maybe that was it? Where yeah. they like have to like that play a game? That came out way after this epic scavenger hunt. Right, that's what I'm saying. And like, I'm like 89% convinced that one of the screenwriters might have done the epic scavenger right. hunt. Because for like 200,000 points, you had to... I don't even want to say actually what you had to do because... I feel like I might legally get in trouble and that's actually me being serious. So, but for this one, it was like you got like a thousand or two thousand points if you like pierced a part of your genitalia and then it was a whole thing. And I just remember one of the girls came back like on Monday and we were doing something. We were running and this was like in our senior year at this point when they had the last epic scavenger hunt. And I was, she's usually good at running, but like she was like not really feeling, feeling good that day. And I remember I asked her, are you okay? And she said, yeah, yeah, it just, I got my nipples pierced over the past weekend. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that's you. I mean, you're 18 years old, so choose your own decisions, whatever. And then later on, I heard it was because of the epic scavenger hunt. So, so ever since then, I've just been like, piercings are stupid. Well, not stupid. In that case, piercings were stupid. For some people, I mean, piercings can be whatever. But I think like, do it for the right reasons. It's like getting a tattoo. I mean, this is something that, you know, you're, you're, you want to be able to be comfortable with and well not like a tattoo you can take it out and the hole can close up but you know make sure that you're going to somebody reputable make sure that they're using the right equipment a sterile maybe stay away from claire's because i think they only use like the same gun is what i've heard and it's not like their staff is super trained right, on like, how to hold do on, it don't sneeze i'm just gonna draw this eyeball circle closing one eye well <laughs> and i knew somebody i've seen patients who've gotten staff from ear and ear piercing has gone wrong and it's yeah. usually at like claire's so this is not not Claire's because um sorry Claire's you won't be sponsoring next podcast <laughs> only because like Claire's provided me with some of my best accessories back in the day it might still please don't ice me out Claire's I'm just saying isn't that, that another one icing <laughs> isn't that the, like- oh yeah that's like Smirnoff when you like have to like you hide it somewhere my friends did that when they were doing the garter thing and she hid it underneath her dress and he went to go and do it and he ended up getting iced cold as ice okay yeah i I mean in that case i I, ever since then i was like man that just seems uncomfortable to get pierced anywhere in your genitalia region and then doing really because off the get-go i would have thought that'd be uncomfortable well uh one time we had this patient that had something oh he had so he had priapism which is when you have an erection for an uncomfortable amount of time to the point where like blood flow and perfusion becomes an issue and you need to take off and relieve that pressure it's a whole thing it involves needles into uh, a man's penis i mean it can every man listening just is like <laughs> and we're done over no. this podcast no there's another episode for them to be like and we're done but there's probably like three episodes where they're like god this girl i, I don't know if i like her she keeps talking about my, my junk and my business getting all hurt <laughs> but we had to remove what is it called like a prince albert Mm, yeah. So we had to, the patient was able to remove it, but 
we had to make sure we saved like all of the hardware and we we're like, I guess you could put this in later, but I don't really advise it because your your penis is under duress. <laughs> that was the whole Grey's Anatomy episode where like an older couple got their genitals pierced and then they got caught together while they were Oh my god, sex. it's like a is it like a Chinese finger trap but like Yeah. Yeah. But with their like yeah. business. Like, that was a whole Grey's Anatomy. It's like a hook. Because, you know, just trailer. so you know, Grey's Anatomy is pretty much a documentary to all things medical. It pretty much just is. Just kidding. Yes. Oh, my gosh. How many people I know who are doctors are like, I can't even watch the show. That would never happen. They're going to make this conclusion totally false because you never would have been able to make this diagnosis based off of this one conversation. Exactly. It's called psychic diagnosis. That's right. I don't need any tests. Hmm. Got it. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Which, sadly, there are still physicians who try psychic diagnosis. So you have to answer the question. Oh, well, clearly genitals. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a pretty clear... Although, you know what, like, if we're taking that out of the equation as the obvious of of ones, yeah, definitely wouldn't want my chest pierced. Especially because if you do them, when you get one done, the other side becomes even more sensitive. So they usually tell you to come back at another time to get it done. Because it'll, like, you're, like, all the nerves are focusing on the other side. Oh, so the nips? Yeah. They become super sensitive. But most people, like, Not get them done it. at the same time, don't they? If they yeah. Go to, like, the... They're like, I'm just going to do it. That's a horrible idea. Well, no wonder, no wonder my, my high school friend was like uh, yeah it hurts not when to i mention, do anything yeah not to mention just think about catching your clothing on that no no thank you yeah i don't even think you're supposed to technically like wear anything if you're a woman like for a while until it like heals up right yeah so make sure you do it before pride so you can shake it proudly <laughs> <laughs> like you got these bad boys done right in time for pride <laughs> make sure there's a little rainbow on there oh and a unicorn festive. it's festive. there's a rainbow and a unicorn i love it yeah, right next to their Home Depot tattoo. What? That's a whole. That's a whole other show. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so. It's much. actually not the Home Depot tattoo. The joke is like when you come out, then you get the the rainbow tattoo and the Home Depot card for for ladies. And I actually had an oh, athlete Subaru. I was coaching who was convinced that I actually did get a Home Depot discount. She called me and she said. I know this is really awkward to ask, but my husband and I are doing some renovation. Any chance we can use your Home Depot discount? I'm like, that's not really a thing. I don't actually get a Home Depot discount. And everybody knows, lesbians shop at Lowe's. <laughs> I love it. But you did drive a Subaru. Listen, I used to joke with people. I was like, you know what? I'm just a Subaru away from being a stereotype. I have short hair. I'm a fitness coach. I just need a Subaru. And then I moved to Maine and... <laughs> A Jetta didn't cut it, so we needed something with all-wheel drive, and I got the Subaru. The trifecta is complete. I, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> you heard it first here, and people are wild. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh. Not true. People have known. Also, to clear up stereotypes, not all lesbians are super handy. <laughs> Breaking all kinds of stereotypes. Not all gay men are great with haircuts and fashion. So ladies, please don't be duped by every gay stylist out there. I am who I am. She is. She's great. She's Um, awesome. And we're going to do a couple more questions. Yeah. Because this has been fun to go on our little tangents. Which do you believe in more? What? Oh, you're about to ask. Lucky Charms or the Cat and Crunch? Who is more convincing? Oh, you mean mascot-wise? Yes, mascot-wise. 
So the captain or the leprechaun? Or the leprechaun. It could be a crackhead who got hold of the wrong stuff and told them to go up in a tree and play a leprechaun. If you don't know the Mobile, Alabama amateur sketch, I think I need to link to it. Yeah. I think that's going to be in my show notes. You need to link. See, I would have gone with the captain. The captain wasn't even a captain, though. Because he makes it happen. No, actually, I would have picked the leprechaun, but it just goes back to that whole lesbian thing. People think I pick it because there's rainbows in there. So here's my thing. Is this going to sound insensitive? I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to let that slide. (laughs) (laughs) Is this going to sound really ignorant? Ooh, go for it. Okay. I probably don't know the answer to it either. I'm not gay enough. Whoa, there's fireworks outside. I thought my vision was going bad. Oh, Guys, they're, they're, just start playing Katy Perry, because baby, baby, you're, you're a fly. You're that was my last episode. Go listen to it. Oh, there was five. That was <laughs> Or I could be having a stroke. So I saw it, too. We're both on that. It's can you have a shared stroke? <laughs> the kombucha. The kombucha hallucination. I would kind of want more tea, though. I do, too. Tea so, time part two. Yeah. So I like rainbows. Yes. But... I feel like every time I wear anything rainbow, like People I have... People think you're gay? Yeah, and which, I mean, I support... I like to think I'm an ally. I'm trying to always, like, better myself in order to, like, make sure that I can honestly and truly be an ally for equal rights, especially for gay people. But at the same time, I really like rainbows. And I have these great compression socks that I want to show off to people. And every time I do, people are like, oh, that explains a lot. First of all, what does that even mean? Can what we go does back that to the mean? We're like, oh, you're a lesbian, so now we understand everything about you. No, no, no. So, first of all, I get where you're coming from. Rainbows are awesome. When somebody says that, be like, I'm sorry, Noah's Ark? What about that rainbow at the end of that so, book? So, what I usually say is that, oh, no, I just really dig rainbows. Why don't you? Right. People still don't know how to handle that. They don't. But I, here, here's the thing. All right, I'm about to get a lot of hate mail, so don't link my email. <laughs> Who even writes mail? Here's, here's a lot of people to me, apparently. But here's the thing I don't understand. The rainbow flag was originally made to be all-encompassing. We have, like, LGBTQ. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and many more letters. Yes. I want to keep everything inclusive here. But now everybody has a flag. Now there's a flag for uh, whether you, like, if you do identify with queer or if you're a transgender. And while I have friends who all identify in these different categories, why do we have to continue to separate ourselves? Here's my PSA, people. How about we spend less time trying to find new colors for flags and more time standing up for each other, right? Like, this flag was supposed to represent all of us, right? Same thing. Our American flag. I know you love yourself some USA. I do red, love white, my and stars blue. and stripes. Yes, but we're we're we should be uniting one another. And instead, we're trying to find a million more ways to be unique little butterflies, right? or unique lesbian fairies, whatever it is. I mean, I I get it because you want to be able to have your own community in terms of like people you relate to, but. Yeah, I imagine that is kind but of it was, frustrating. It was, but the whole point of that of the rainbow flag was to encompass all of that that we are all like if you identify all as one part of, these, of this, we are all a part of this and yeah. that we support one another within it. Sorry to take that sidetrack political. But that's something that has actually really bothered me in recent years because I don't understand it. Why do we need to continue to separate it? And many have said that it's because there we need a voice. 
And it's like, well, then look to your brothers and sisters within this community and say, help me have a voice. Yeah, a I new mean, flag color isn't giving you a new voice. Yeah, that's it's why it's more like, confusing to I, people. Do you know there's even one for heterosexuals now? There's a heterosexual color flag. What? Why do we need a flag? Yeah, Google that one. Google the new heterosexual. Right I'm going to the Googs. The heterosexual flag. Hang on, I almost forgot how to spell heterosexual. <laughs> She was so caught up in the rainbow, she forgot about the... I just really like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know what the worst part is? You guys just get black and white. A second flag is the straight ally flag. Yeah. Listen, okay, like I said... It's not pretty. I I would not fly that. Three stripes. I mean, it's not a good color scheme. No. And also, at the same time, to be an ally is not about flying a flag. I mean, I get it if you want to stand up but and be... But neither, neither is being gay. For me, again, I'm speaking for me, being gay is not about the flag. And this is the biggest thing is when people meet me, they're like, wow, you're really normal. We're talking just general things, people. Clearly, after this podcast, you will all be like, you're not normal. But yeah. they're like, oh, you're really normal. And assuming that because I'm gay that I'm going to be over the top or, or, or something that television or media has conveyed gay to be. And so we we go to work too. We we have problems in our marriages. We work through our, you know, adoptions, which can be a lot harder. <laughs> but I mean, all of those things. We're normal people just like everyone else and everybody wants to then make it ex- extreme because if you make something extreme, you make it further away from who you are, it's easier to push something out. Right. Yeah. Like if I distance myself more and more and make you seem like you have to be this really over the top person that is threatening to my family, to my life, to my country, then I can push you away. But if I make if I humanize you to be similar, then I have to deal with my own stuff. That was our deep conversation. Yeah. No, I mean, going deep. Deep sea diving into like, topics. I didn't know where that's that was gonna go. No, in terms that of was that good. Song. no, nope, no. Keeping it, keeping it real PG thirteen. No, I think I've dropped a couple f bombs, so I think um, we're at least like Deadpool rated R. I feel like we gotta start this whole podcast over. Hit rewind. I don't know. If I could turn back, to, this is oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> the drag, the drag part, the lesbian. And I get a little share in here. Whoa. <laughs> now I want to be like, oh my gosh, is Chad Michaels going to walk in? I bet Cher loves it. I think so. I think Listen, Cher. I do love Cher. Cher is great. Cher has done amazing. What's the strongest profanity you use? That's what we'll end on. Oh, you mean, like, well, that'll, say- be, that'll be mine. And then you can pick your final question. This is, this is like Jerry Springer, my final thoughts. This okay. is my final question. What is your strongest profanity that you use? You mean like, do I say fuck? Yeah, or whatever, like a variation of it. What the fudge toast? Like, no, I, I definitely say fuck. Just that's it's like the perfect word. Oh, there, there's like a shirt that says like, I'm an incredibly intelligent, classy, upstanding, honorable woman that just chooses to use the word fuck a lot. Well, there's something to be said for that. They say that like, I mean, it's sentence enhancers. Well, when I see, here's the funny thing. I never cursed. Up through high school into college. I was so afraid. When I came home from my freshman year of college, being around a bunch of people who cursed all the time, I started using like the F-bomb that my mom got me a thesaurus and said, it seems like you ran out of words to say, so maybe you should try this. Well, see, I was Mama was not feeling that, but it's funny now because pretty much all of us are dropping the F-bomb, so. Yeah, somebody said that that's like almost normal now. Right. 
So it's interesting being a travel nurse because I'll see it. I'll see that that it's really interesting just how it can change from state to state. So right. it's a new adjective. It is. It's weird. And like I mean, on a scale so, of I'm okay to I'm fucking awful. What are you today? Here's the thing. Like the other thing too is that you know with profanities and and being professional doctors i've noticed will even say to patients like wow you really like mangled the shit out of your arm like saying that sort of stuff is like no big deal it's just like apparently stating a fact but mm. to me it's like mm. right they won't drop the f bomb like there is some lines where it's right. like you know your your healthcare provider your person in this professional role probably is not going to be seen as being ideal or professional to use profanities anyways but if you're in that environment where like I guess maybe you can even call it locker room talk is the norm. I mean, there is a pressure there. There's a lot going on right now on my computer. Um, speaking of multiple windows being open, if you could see your computer, <laughs> there's 9 million. So it's not just... I think there's uh, 32 tabs open. An analogy. Um, and then there's this one of four windows I have. Do you have the new Intel processor for... I don't know. I dropped this. This is a Core 1-3. Oh, because I just heard... I-3. Just not a heard about Intel's new one that allows multiple tabs to be open and allow you to run every application on your computer at once and still run smoothly. But look, there's the rock. Hashtag Intel. I say that I do use the F word. I do say, do say it quite a bit in my head. One of the biggest things, though, is that you can tell if I'm stressed out or tired if I just start saying it out loud a lot in one sentence that's how you can tell like i'm angry i'm irritable i'm tired like something's count, off count the f-bombs and you can start to tap in right that's when you need to be like you need to calm down like if i just drop them liberally that's when i'm like okay something's off um because for the most part i just kind of am like oh that's awful you know i won't i won't use any sentence enhancers i like using the word shit i like i like variations of it like when somebody's like oh Holy shit balls! or... That's dope shit. I don't say that, do I? I don't know. You're just really good at saying dope. Dope, I do. So I feel like you'd probably be like, that's some dope shit. I, I definitely go, oh man, that's hella dope, yo. And it just, it just rolls. We were talking about that earlier today, yeah. about how that I, I can slide dope into any conversation. Yeah, and I can't slide any cool phrases in. You can bring back that's rad. Nope, it still doesn't work. That's rad. That's rad. That's rad. That makes me sound like, that's Brad. Who's <laughs> Brad? Brad, who but are But Brad's you? rad. All right. You get to have your final thought. Final thought and question. My final thought is, can I start over? <laughs> what is the truest prediction you ever made or heard? Like Raven Baxter and That's a Raven? Yeah. That's so How many references to television shows can we make? That's basically the underlying question of every single episode of People okay. Are Wild is how many pop culture references have I made in that episode? If you can sticker, catch all of them. Sticker to any person who can catch all of them. Yes. I will make a list for this episode once I finish editing it. And Good luck. <laughs> But it's, it's like the lot. Hunger Games. It's a Good the odds, odds are ever in your favor. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> the odds, yeah. The do, odds will not do, be. Do, do. Or whatever yeah. the song is. Um, what was the question? <laughs> what is the truest thing you've ever predicted or heard? Like heard somebody else predict. Hmm. They always say beware of false prophets. So I don't really. Sometimes... To trust no one. <laughs> X-Files. The truest thing that I've ever heard predicted. 
UFOs are real. Well, now that's like, what's a conspiracy theory you believe? UFOs are real. Because they are. Because if we're the most intelligent thing out there, we're all screwed. We have bigger things. There's got to be. Please, dear God, there's got to be. The truest thing ever I ever heard predicted, like in my own personal life? Hmm. Okay, I got a better question. Okay. <laughs> ah, here we go. What do you most need to change in your life? Well, Oprah. You get a change. You get a change. Everybody gets change. What about you? Can we start with you first? What's the biggest change I need in my life? Yeah. Balance, said the yoga teacher. <laughs> She's a yoga teacher and she's Namaste. like, I need crazy. Until I find some balance. Yeah. No, biggest thing I need to change in my life, I, you know what? We're pivoting career-wise. So a little pivot. I need to make a little change within the career. Which reminds me of Friends. Pivot! Yes. Another reference. I don't even watch Friends, and I know that scene. Hint. Hint. Yeah, so. Put that down on your That's the biggest change. Scorecard. My change, the biggest change would be. A quarter. Uh, Nickel. There are half dollars out there. There's the Susan B. Anthony coin still. Sacagawea. I have a lot of Sacagawea coins. Uh, What's your biggest change? (laughs) Well, my biggest change would be the $2 coin that you get in Australia as change. Like They actually have $2 coins. Aside from that, I mean, the biggest change would be, you know, I would need more patience um, in my non-professional life because working in the ER you're used to things moving fast to some extent. And I always think that when I go home, that things move on that same speed of why is the work that I'm doing right now not yielding this right now? So, and then, and it's, it's such a millennial thing, I guess, to have want some sense of instant gratification, but I don't think it's specifically only for millennials that they feel that. I think everybody wants to have some sort of like validation that what they're doing is right or um what i don't know what route they're going down is is the right sort of like the right path so i mean i think you just don't want to fall into fall prey to something where you are working so hard and you don't know if that's going to pay off sometimes i think just being patient is so hard for me because a lot of stuff has to be tossed into it to be patient like in order to be patient you know you can't be afraid of the unknown in order to be patient you have to have a little bit of fearlessness um and i'm not good with that in certain situations where i feel like it's hard for me to not have some sort of control or some sort of say and just leave it to chance in a way so it's hard for me to sit down and breathe and let things take their course. And that's always been like that since I was, since as far back as I can remember, where I always want to have some sort of sense of control in, in whatever I do. I've gotten a little bit better at it. You know, life experiences change you. Seeing that, you know, life is short and seeing what I've had to see and, and, and being reminded that life is short and doing what I do. You know, you, you tell people to be grateful for the time that they have with people, and that's totally true, but at the same time, to be patient with people. And that's hard, I think, for people to be patient with each other. I think we're really quick to be really reactive to things we see, and we don't take a step back, take 10 seconds to breathe, and then just actually formulate our thoughts. So that's something I need to work on, and I'm trying to, but, you know, I have good people around me who, who help me to be like, just just take a step back. And it reminds me, you know, when they're not there, 
and I feel a little bit overwhelmed by things that if you take a step back, you realize that you don't have control of certain things. That's how patients can enter into my life, at least, knowing that it's all going to take its own course. So that's my jam. And that's all there is to it. Kirsten, how can people find you? You can find me at youthrive.com if you are looking for some fitness wellness. Or you can go over to campasana.com. Head over there. Find out what epic adventures await you. It's a new thing you're doing, right? It is. That's where we're pivoting. That's the big change. The big change is for Camp Asana. It's very exciting. You could be in on like the ground level. Yeah. You could kind of be part of the beginnings of something that is going to be pretty kick-ass. Um, kick Asana. Yes. <laughs> okay, that pun. Pun was for you. That was great. That's high a, five. There's a high five over the mic for that one. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's really cool what you're doing. I admire it. You practice a lot of patience in terms of rerouting what you're doing. So it's amazing to see your hard work coming together and being brought forth in this way. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. That was not at all hokey. Thanks for having me. No, it was super awesome. Very excited. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's fun when you get to do this with friends, so... Hopefully that was a good ask me anything that I just decided to read from questions from a book. Um, (laughs) We're actually going to start this over in three, (laughs) two, one. No, we're not. (laughs) I honestly, I'm very grateful for the listenership that I I have. And if this episode means nothing to you, that's totally fine. It'll be back to its more medically relevant topics. But sometimes it's nice to take a step back and kind of open up about the person behind the mic and behind the podcast and it's i don't know something that sometimes people like to listen to so there you go nailed it nailed it (laughs) it's a great show on netflix all right until next time bye well just in time for saint patrick's day crowds are coming by the dozens to get an up-close view at what some say is a piece of irish folklore some people in the Crichton area of mobile say a leprechaun has taken up residence in their neighborhood a leprechaun NBC 15's Brian Johnson has more. Curiosity leads to large crowds in Mobile's Crichton community. Many of you bring binoculars, camcorders, even camera phones to take pictures. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! Eyewitnesses say the leprechaun only comes out at night. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. This amateur sketch resembles what many of you say the leprechaun looks like. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image. My theory is it's casting a shadow from the other limb. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff and it told him to get up in a tree and play a leprechaun. We don't get down to the bottom of this. Yes, still on there, guy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, man. This guy helping to direct traffic says he's prepared for his encounter with the leprechaun. He's suited up from head to toe. This water's all smells right here. This is a special leprechaun flute, which has been passed down from thousands of years ago from my great-great-grandfather who was Irish. I just came to help out. Others just came to get lucky in hopes a pot of gold may be buried under this tree. I'm going to run a backhoe and uproot that tree. I want to know where the gold is. I want to go. Give me the go. I want to go. This is Brian Johnson, NBC 15 News.
People will do anything for a pot of gold. I mean, anything. You know what I like? I like the amateur sketch of the leprechaun. Yeah, it looks like somebody yeah. got a really good look at it and got that good drawing who, out Who there. did that? I want to know who sketched that. I don't know. Maybe Brian sketched it. <laughs> Doodling. That was a good story. <laughs>